Shalom, this is Avigal Rak. Welcome to TanakhStudy.com. Today we're continuing our studies in Parashat Vayechi, our second unit. Today's second unit is a little bit complicated. I highly recommend that as you pay attention to my reading that you might want to have a text in front of you. In order to understand today's unit, I want to repeat the Psukim we had studied yesterday, describing Yosef coming to visit his father as his father is on his deathbed. Yosef was informed that his father is sick. Yosef comes over with Ephraim and Menasheh. And two issues come up at Yosef's visit with his father here. The first one is establishing Ephraim and Menasheh as two of the tribes. They are not just grandchildren of Yaakov. They will be considered two of the tribes, which has ramifications regarding inheritance in the land. The second issue that is discussed there, Yaakov recaps the death of Rachel. And towards the end of last class, we had discussed what was the connection between establishing Ephraim and Menasheh as two tribes and the description of the death of Rachel. We gave several different interpretations. I would like to quickly read through the psukim we read yesterday and briefly translate them because our story today seems to be a direct continuation of those psukim. God who had appeared to me in the land of Canaan in Luz had blessed me and he said I will multiply you and you'll become fruitful and you become a great nation and this land will become a an inheritance to you. And now two sons that you had given birth and up until I came to you, Ephraim and Menasheh, they will become part of my family. And children that you had given birth after I had come to Mitzrayim, they will be part of the families of Ephraim and Menasheh. Yaakov continues, and I, when I had come from Padan Aram, Rachel had died on the way in Eretz Canaan, when there was yet some distance to Ephrata, and I had buried her on the way in Ephrat. Okay, so with that, we've ended what we had done last class, and now the story continues. And I'm going to read several psukim now, and I ask you all to bear with me, and only after we've read these several psukim will we go back and address them. And Yisrael had seen Yosef's sons, and he asked, Who are these? And Yosef said, These are my sons, which God had granted me, had given me. And he said, Yaakov, bring them to me, and I will bless them. Yaakov's eyes were heavy of sight. He couldn't see. Yosef brought the, brought, brought the sons up to him, and he had kissed them, and he had hugged them. Yaakov cries out, I never imagined that I would get to see you, and now I get to see your children. Yosef removes the sons from his knees, and he bows down towards, and they bow down towards Yaakov. Yosef takes both of them 
Ephraim in his right hand, left of Yaakov, and Menashe in his left hand to the right of Yaakov, and he approaches him. Yisrael stretches out his right hand and puts it on Ephraim's head, for, which is who is the youngest, and his left hand upon the head of Menashe. Sikelet Yadav, at this point, I just want to translate it. He was misakel his hands, a word which we are yet to explain, for Menashe is the firstborn. Vayavarech et Yosef vayomar, Ha'elohim asher yitalchu abotai lefanav, Avraham ve'itzchak, Ha'elohim ha'roeh oti me'odi ad hayom hazeh. Ha'malach ha'goel oti mikol ra, Yavarech et ha'nearim ve'ikare bahem shmi ve'shem avotai, Avraham ve'itzchak, ve'idgu l'rov be'kerev ha'aretz. He blesses Yosef and he said, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Yitzchak had walked, the God who had been my shepherd all my life long until this day, the angel who had redeemed me from all evil, may he bless these lads, and let my name be named in them in the name of my fathers Abraham and Yitzchak, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of this earth. Verse 17. Yosef had seen that his father is putting his hand on the head of Ephraim and it was bad in his eyes and he supported his father's hand in order to remove it from the head of Ephraim and put it upon the head of Menasheh. And Yosef said to his father, This is not so, my father, for he is the Bechor. Put your right hand on his head. And he, and he answered, I know, my son, I know, for he will be a great nation. However, his younger brother will be even greater, and his descendants will fill the nations. And he blessed them on that day, and he said, With you, Israel will bless, by saying, May God make you like Ephraim and Menashe. And he said, Ephraim before Menashe. And Israel told Yosef, I am dying, God is going to be with you, and he is going to return you back to the land of your fathers, and I have given you an extra portion beyond that of your brothers, which I had taken from the Amorites with my sword and bow. Okay, so these are the psukim for today, and we have several comments to make, questions to resolve issues that need to be explained in these psukim. So let's go back and begin from the beginning. So I said earlier, in the story where ya Yaakov is sick and Yosef is informed that his father is sick, Yosef comes to Yaakov's house with his sons Ephraim and Menashe. Yaakov then upgrades Ephraim and Menashe to level of tribes and Yaakov goes on to tell him of the death of Rachel and her burial. And right after that, Yaakov asks Yosef, Regarding his two sons, Miela, who are these sons? Now, we realize this is a very strange question. It is strange because he had just upgraded these two people. He's referring to these to, the, to Ephraim and Menashe. 
He's talking about Ephraim Menashe. There's been a whole discussion that took place here. And now at the end of, after this whole long discussion, he asked them, who are these? Not, who are these two people? Not to mention, Yaakov, he's been 17 years in Mitzrayim. Now he asks, who are these two people? One of the listeners wants to say he's old, he's getting a little bit senile. That's an unacceptable answer because we see he, he has a very clear understanding of situations over the next two prakim. You might want to say that he's blind, he doesn't recognize them. We're told shortly that he's blind. If he can't recognize them because he's blind, then we should have been given, the reader should have been given the information of Yaakov's blindness before he asks this question, Mi'ele, who are these people? And Yaakov was blind and therefore he asked, who are these people? Or right after the question. But the information regarding Yaakov's blindness only appears two verses following the question, Mi'ele. Yosef's answer to Yaakov, Yaakov just asked, who are they? And Yosef's answer is also strange. These are my sons which God had given me. He doesn't say, oh, this is Ephraim, this is Menashe. He just says, these are my sons which God had given me in this. What is Baze here? And Yaakov says, bring them to me, and he brings them. And then, uh, only then are we told of Yaakov's blindness. And in verse 11, Yaakov is getting very emotional. And he says, I never imagined I would see you. And look, I see now your grandchildren. What is all this excitement? He's been living with these grandchildren for 17 years. Okay, another story that we, we're going to address separately, and that is what's going on here with the entire switch of the, uh, switch of the hands that's taking place here. That will explain separately. This entire discussion is extremely difficult to understand. The only answer that really resolves everything was suggested by Rav Samet, and I believe Rav Elchanan Samet's reading of these verses is the only way that is possible to resolve all our questions. I just want to, before we go into his understanding, I want to try to figure out together with you how old should Ephraim and Menashe be at this story at when Yaakov is 147 years old, when they come to, when Ephraim and Menashe come to visit their grandfather, approximately how old are they? Yosef is 30 years old when he appears in front of Paro. Seven years of plenty are going to pass, followed by two years of famine. Ephraim and Menashe are born some point during the seven years of plenty. We know that the description of their birth is before the brothers come to Mitzrayim. So if they're, if so let's say they're born when Yosef is uh, 32 years old. One is born when Yosef is 32. One is born when Yosef is 33, just uh, as an example. And Yaakov is going to come down to Mitzrayim when Yosef is 39 years old. So by the time Yaakov comes down to Mitzrayim, the brothers are no older than 8, 6 and 8, maybe 7 and 8. And Yaakov is going to live in Mitzrayim for 17 years. So 17 plus 8. So Ephraim and Menashe cannot possibly old, be older than 25 on the one hand. On the other hand, they can't possibly be any younger than, than 19. Right? 17 years. that of they're, they're born by the time Yaakov comes. They're born before the seven years of famine begin. So that's 19 years. And they were born before the famine. So they have to be somewhere between 20 and 25 no older than 20, 25, no younger than 20. That's the age range of these two grown men who at this point, for all we know, might even be grandparents. A 25-year-old could have been a grandparent at that time. 
Okay, so now let's, um, now that we have that understanding of the, of the age of Ephraim and Menashe, we can imagine these two grown men. And now let's read uh, chapter 48, verse 8. He sees these two grown men and he says, who are these people? It is impossible that Yaakov does not recognize who his own grandchildren are. And this is the main chidush, the revolutionary understanding of this unit by Rav Samet. says, what's happening here is the Torah is giving us a flashback of a conversation that did not take place here. This conversation took place when Yaakov meets Ephraim and Menashe for the very first time. Maybe right after Yaakov had seen Yosef and he hugs Yosef and he cries upon his shoulders. Maybe that's when this took place. Maybe a week after he met Yosef for the first time. So what we're going to do right now is open up to the story where Yaakov meets Yosef for the very first time and see that it really fits in around that area, around that meeting. I'm reading in chapter 46, verse 29. Yosef saddles up his chariot. He goes to greet his father in Goshen. He appeared to him. He sees him. He falls on his neck. And he cries, and he continues to cry. Verse 30, Yaakov tells Yosef, I am prepared to die now, for I have seen your face, and you are still alive. Right after this, that's, that's the entire conversation. When we study this in Parashat Vayigash, we mention that here we've been waiting forward to this great meeting between Yaakov and Yosef, and all we have is nine words of conversation. And then we had suggested the reason we don't have any more conversation is because sometimes the minimalistic conversation says a lot more than words. There are some conversations that we have no words to express emotion, and the silence actually expresses a lot more than the words. There is nothing to say at this meeting. Sometimes less is more. There are no words. No words can possibly be said at this moment. But maybe there were other words that took place right afterwards. Words that aren't described here, but will be described later on. When the brothers come to Yaakov and tell Yaakov, Od Yosef They tell Yaakov, Yosef is, the, is alive and he is the ruler of Mitzrayim. They do not tell Yaakov about Ephraim and Menashe. Why did they not tell Yaakov about Ephraim and Menashe? They probably don't even know about Ephraim and Menashe. They were so overwhelmed by the fact that their brother Yosef, whom they thought they had uh, killed, is alive. They were so nervous about the whole situation that they didn't have time to ask about Ephraim and Menashe, and nothing comes up. When Yaakov comes to Mitzrayim, and maybe it's at the first meeting that he sees Yosef, he sees two boys. How old are they? If we said that the their age at the death of Yaakov is somewhere between 20 and 25, no, no younger than 20, no older than 25, then how old are these boys... 17 years ago, there's somewhere between three and eight. They're two young boys. They're these two little boys. And what is, and, the, and this entire conversation that we're about to read in Parashat Vayechi is not a conversation that took place at the time when Yosef visits Yaakov on his deathbed. The Torah is giving us a flashback, is describing what had happened 17 years ago when Yaakov sees Ephraim and Menashe for the very first time? Of course, two very important questions we're going to have to address. Why does this conversation 
Now, the two very important questions that we're going to address, one of them we addressed already is, why does this conversation not appear when it took place, which is when he first meets them, right after he hugs Yosef, or maybe a few days later? And why does the Torah choose to stick it in in our story? So as far as why does it not appear in the context when Yaakov meets them for the first time, I gave one answer, and that is the Torah does not want to add on extra conversations. The meeting between Yaakov and Yosef is about Yosef. Having small talk about Yosef and his family is anticlimactic. This meeting is not about Ephraim and Menashe. This meeting is about Yosef. It's only about Yaakov and Yosef. That moment, that beautiful moment when Yaakov and Yosef meet, we don't want to be distracted by anything. That's number one. Another possibility, and that is immediately following the meeting between Yaakov and Yosef, we are the camera focuses on the family that is coming from from Canaan to Mitzrayim. So we first talked about Yaakov, who came down to Mitzrayim, and then right afterwards, naturally, we wanted to talk about the rest of the family that's coming to Mitzrayim. Putting, talking about the existing family in Mitzrayim does not fit in into the story that the narrator is trying to tell us, which is how does the family arrive from Canaan to Mitzrayim? So we talked about Yaakov, and the next chapter is this list of 70 people of, of the household of Yaakov who come to Mitzrayim. We can't talk yet about Ephraim and Menashe because we first want to complete the story of Yaakov and his family who get, came down to Egypt. So we still have to, are yet to answer the question, why does this story appear where it appears in Parashat Vayechi, in the middle of the, describing Yaakov on his deathbed, right after he had upgraded Ephraim and Menashe to the status of, of tribes, right after he had described the death of Rachel, we have this flashback conversation of Yaakov, starting out with Yaakov telling Yosef, Mi Eile, who are these? Who are these? I'm continuing now in chapter 48, verse 1. Vayar Yisrael et bnei Yosef, and that word Vayar, and he saw, is so befitting to that first meeting between Yaakov and Yosef. The verb to see is the verb that follows Yosef, is the verb that appears several times in the context of Yaakov reuniting with Yosef. When Yaakov is in Canaan, when Yaakov, Yaakov in Canaan, immediately after he's been told that Yosef is still alive, El Chaver Eno, I want to go see him. When he comes to Mitzrayim the first time, it says, and he was seen by him, Vayeralav, where he appeared to him. And then Yaakov is going to say, Amuta Reoti, I can die now because I have seen you. So we see that word, to see, seen, that's the word that follows through the events of Yaakov and Yosef being reunited. And what's the word that's describing in chapter 48, verse 8? Vayar Yisrael, it's B'nai Yosef. So he sees the sons of Yosef. I would almost read it right after he saw Yosef. Vayar Yisrael, et B'nai Yosef. He sees the sons of Yosef. Vayomer, mi ele, who are these? Because he's never heard that Yosef even has sons. And Yosef answers, Vayomer Yosef al-Aviv, banayhem, asher natanli Elohim bazeh. These are my sons that I have been granted here in Mitzrayim. Bazeh is in Mitzrayim. So this only makes sense for if this is a conversation that took place the very first time they meet, it does not make sense for Yosef to tell Yaakov 17 years after he's in Mitzrayim, these are my sons that I'd given birth to in Mitzrayim. 
what he if if this is a conversation that's taking place 17 years later, he should have just answers. Oh, these are Ephraim and Menashe. You can't recognize them. But he's this, clearly that this is a first time introduction. And then Yaakov tells Yosef, bring them to me and I will bless them. Now, had this story taken place on Yaakov's deathbed, Yaakov does not need to tell Yosef, bring them to me. He should have told these two grown men who are in their mid-twenties, come to me. What does it mean, kachem na'elai, bring them to me? If they're little children, you do need to bring them. Kachem na'elai ve'avrachem. Then we're told of Yaakov's blindness. I will shortly address why does the issue of Yaakov's blindness come up here. But I, I want to focus on the end of the Pasuk. He hugs them and he kisses. When one is being blessed, he faces the person who is blessing him. You need uh, The person who is blessing needs to be facing the person who is being blessed. However, Yaakov is blind and Yaakov can't face, can't look. When you can't look, you touch and you feel. And that is Vayishak Vayichabek. And he hugs them. Likewise, Yitzchak, who is also blind, when he wants to bless uh, his Esav, and Yaakov enters, he kisses Yaakov in order to create some sort of contact. Instead of eye contact, it is through the f touching, through, fe through feel and touch. And right after that, Yaakov tells Yosef, Yosef, Yaakov tells Yosef, I never imagined I would see you, and now God had shown me your children. So we have that word, to see again. Yaakov has been hoping to see his son. I can die now that I've seen you. And then he says, and now here he says, I never imagined I would see you. I never imagined I would see you. And now, and now had God had shown me your children. This is not something that you get all excited about 17 years after you've been living with your grandchildren. You don't get excited about seeing them. It does make sense if this is the first time he actually gets to meet them. Verse 12, Yosef removes Ephraim and Menashe from the knees of Yaakov. Now Ephraim and Menashe, if they're 22, 23-year-old grown men, they cannot be sitting on the lap of Yaakov. They can't even fit between the knees of Yaakov. And Yosef does not need to remove two grown men from the knees of Yaakov. But if it's a 5 and a 7-year-old, they can definitely sit on their grandfather's lap and they need to be removed. They need to be told it's time now to, to move. Verse 13. Yosef takes Ephraim by his right hand, by Yosef's right hand, and Menashe by Yosef's left hand. He is holding their hands. Right, that's what it says. Vaikach Yosef et Shnehem et Ephraim biyamino. He is holding. He's facing Yaakov, holding Ephraim by his right hand, so that he, Ephraim will be facing Yaakov's left hand, and he is holding Menashe by his left hand, so that he'll be facing Yaakov's right hand. Now, twenty-two year, three-year-old men do not even be held by their hands. Yosef is holding them because they're young boys. They might run away, so he's holding them. Verse fourteen. Yaakov stretched out his right hand and put it upon the head of Ephraim, the younger one, and his left hand upon the head of Menashe. He had misakelet yadav, which I'll explain in just a moment what that means, that word sikel, even though 
Menashe was the Bechor. So Yaakov puts his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, and his left, Ephraim, the younger one, and his left hand upon the head of Menashe, the older one. And what does this mean, Sikelet Yadav? So there are three opinions in the Parshanim. One is he had done in with wisdom. It's not that he had made a mistake. He has thought out. It comes from the word Sechel. It comes Bechokhmah. He is aware of what is he what he is doing. That's one way of understanding. Rashbam explains the way we understand from uh, the parsha sheets that we see that the kids bring home from kindergarten, and that is that he crossed his hands. And the third explanation that brought down by Shmuel David Lutzato quotes one of his Talmidim is that is he made his hands seem foolish. Then the word sachal actually means the opposite of wisdom. The word sachal can mean foolishness. It seemed to the observers that he is behaving in, a, in an unintelligent way by, by not putting his hands on the right head. So up until now, we have studied the background to the brachot that Ephraim and Menasheh, the children Ephraim and Menasheh, are about to be given. In our next class, we will study the brachot themselves, and of course, we will answer the main question, and that is, why was these brachot, why was this whole story taken out of its place and inserted in the middle of the story of Yaakov on his deathbed? Shalom.